Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Matt. And this time, it's just the two of us. That's it. We'll be reviewing Tech's game this week against the University of Massachusetts. Matt, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I think that this kind of went the way that we all predicted it would go. I wasn't on the last podcast, but I would have vehemently argued that Tech was going to win this game uh, easily, simply because UMass is a terrible football program. And I know that uh, you guys certainly covered, or at least mentioned, their sole win. I'm not sure who it was against. Do you know who they beat? They beat Akron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the right so- response to that. So it's not like a bottom of the barrel. Well, they must be bottom of the barrel if they lost to UMass. But uh, okay, well, that answers that question. So UMass, uh, I'm fairly certain they have a first-year head coach, which means they probably have a whole new regime. So a lot of new faces, kids that were recruited for a different coach, probably under a different system that are kind of not necessarily going through the motions, but are not really playing in a style that they were recruited for and stuff like that. It's just uh, the perfect storm for a terrible football season. And this has been a recurring theme all season for us on the podcast each week goes by i feel like the team's getting better and better and better and it kind of came together for them really well tonight against an extremely disadvantaged team and i don't mean that they had uh, less talented players or anything but this is a team that's obviously in a transitional phase in its program and they just didn't have a chance tonight yeah you mentioned that umass is a bad team and going into this we all knew that they were bad right they had one win on the year and they played some bad teams even I didn't expect them to look this bad. <laughs> Half the time, it felt like we were playing a high school or a junior college. And I don't mean that to disrespect UMass or double disrespect Akron there. But halfway through the first quarter, it just wasn't fun anymore. You just wanted to turn it off and save everyone some trouble. And you start worrying about injuries and other things like that. I'm glad that we got playing time for, was it, four different QBs? Plus Adrian Hardy, who I think uh, may have jumped over Weston Elliott in the depth chart with that beautiful <laughs> throw that was dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weston Elliott uh, looks like he was one for three, 16 yards. He had a pick. I think his pick was on his first throw. It looks like uh, Baldwin got in there and had a couple of passes and he threw a touchdown, it looks like. I'm a little curious, though. We had one quarterback. I forget his name. He uh, got some playing time last year, and I think they ended up redshirting him. So we have up the ESPN box score from the game, and right now they're attributing Aaron Allen's passing stats to Trey Baldwin, the linebacker. Yeah, okay. So I was about to say, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I was, Baldwin? No, that's not right. (laughs) Okay, so Allen. Uh, was two for two with the touchdown. Yeah. In both games that both Elliott and Allen have played, Allen has looked like the better quarterback, but small sample and Elliott definitely knows the offense better. So, I mean, next year when Jamar is gone, it's not like an easy question of yeah, who's the it, new starting quarterback is, but these are the kind of opportunities you look at and say, how do they perform? And we do put them in the game situations and Aaron Allen or Trey Baldwin, I guess, if you ask ESPN <laughs> has outplayed Weston Elliott. Yeah. Weston Elliott, again, small sample size, so no idea what he's capable of, but it seems seems like every time he's gotten a chance to play it hasn't been that spectacular like a starting quarterback should look but yeah i mean just to kind of i guess sum up this first segment it was an ugly game on umass's part i'll go one step further my wife's high school nearby who are only running 12 to 14 offensive plays per game repeatedly because they don't have the athletes to run more plays uh look mildly more entertaining and competent and sorry to any umass listeners out there or fans out there who have stumbled across 
across our wonderful podcast, but we're sure that you guys have good athletes and with the time and prep will eventually be competitive. But right now you are a traditional football team and it looked like it. Yeah. And UMass really shouldn't even have those 21 points. Those are caused by <laughs> tech messing up. All right. Two of those are off of fumbles. And that's the kind of thing where tech was up 28 to nothing and didn't look like they were taking their foot off the pedal, but it started looking like they were playing kind of dumb. They started making these kind of mistakes that you really hope you don't see in a closer game. But when it's 28, nothing, you can kind of excuse it. Right. Because they were, they were playing flawless football up until that 28 zero. I mean, once you're in a four touchdown lead, it's not acceptable to ever put the ball in the turf or anything like that. But uh, you, I mean, we're all overlooking it, you know, when you're up 20 zero, but against like UAB Southern Miss, Marshall, no can do. That could be the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. So we take a look at second quarter, 940 left. DeAndre Marcus, one of the running backs, takes off 39 yards down the field, fumbles the ball at the one yard line, recovered by uh, UMass. Granted, the score at the time was 42 to 7. So you can't be, <laughs> again, you can't be too mad about things like that. But I promise you the coaches will be. Those are things that if you do it now, you can do it in the future. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had a lot of rushers out there tonight. Uh, I'm counting one, two, three four five six seven eight different rushers tonight for law tech now bear in mind one of those rushers weston elliott who looked like he went down for a sack yeah uh so really only seven people got out there and rushed and really only a few uh, had significant carries. But even when you look at these significant carries, which I imagine we'll delve into in more detail here shortly, uh, I, Henderson only had 11 carries and he was the leading rusher tonight. And uh, averaging 12 and a half yards a carry is pretty incredible. I mean, a lot of that's, uh, this average is skewed because I think he had a 74, 75 yard touchdown run. But man, the rushing game was, oh my good Lord. Yeah, but even past Henderson, we can go ahead and talk about this real quick right now. DeAndre Marcus, minus that one fumble, eight carries, 99 yards. That's a 12.4 average. Jamar took off a few times in a game that you really hope the whole time you're just thinking, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. He has five carries for 69 yards. Seems a little on the nose for tonight, but uh, 13.8 yard average. And then you have Israel Tucker getting back in the mix after being uh, sick and a little hurt all season so far he only averaged 5.7 but that's still really good it just doesn't look as good in comparison to the 12 and 13 averages that the other guys have yeah and take a look at that total team rushing tonight almost 400 yards on the ground uh i think that that is by far our highest tally on the ground i highly doubt that we've done that in the other game previously yeah skip talked about wanting the offense to be 50 50 50 percent rushing 50 percent passing and having that kind of offensive philosophy to keep defense is honest and to play to your players that you know you have on the team and so yeah he definitely uh 304 passing yards 385 rushing yards right. 35 passes that. 38 rushes exactly yeah that, yeah pretty pretty even. not quite 50 50 but you know about as close as you can get tech crushed it tonight i mean henderson was a big part of that it was awesome seeing him back there in the big bone catching a touchdown pass running in a touchdown uh i think that that's uh every announcer's favorite play whenever they come to ruston and see us or on the road and see us they love talking about that 1970s big bone formation yeah so let's go ahead we'll move forward and we'll ask i guess probably the most obvious question we've asked on this podcast even though we ask it every week matt did tech go and if they did or did not did they die well uh they definitely went and they did not die fairly obvious 
obvious. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure that there's been a bigger uh, margin of victory in recent memory for Tech. I. I mean, I don't have the means to look up when our last significant victory was by a score of 48 points or more. But yeah, they went in and crushed it. I mean, I wish I had another term I could use uh, besides they went and they did not die. I mean, they went and they destroyed this poor team. Yeah, the word I would use there is thrived. Tech went and they thrived. It reminded me a lot, and I use this as my halftime thought. It reminded me of the 2012 game against Idaho uh, back in the show on October 20th, 2012. Tech won that game 70 to 28. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty close. Luckily, we had a nicer score this time. But we did it, have a very nice score. The same kind of thing. The The game was never close from the beginning. Tech jumped ahead. By the end, the band seemed more interested in other things than, than the actual football game in front of them. It's funny you bring this up because I remember very, very clearly that on the opening kickoff, Idaho fumbled and we recovered their fumble. And on the next play, Kenneth Dixon ran it in for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I remember that very, very, very well. And then I remember later on, the band, was, uh, I guess, taunting the kicker for Idaho. His name was Farquad or something, something crazy. And you guys like screamed out and cheered when he kicked the ball into the net at one point. I remember that. But I also think Idaho had a kick return for a touchdown too because we all kind of looked around and just shrugged and laughed. Yeah, and they scored 28. I mean, UMass scored 21. Like in a game that isn't close, they still found ways to move the ball down the field and score. But again, Tech was able to help them out. Yeah, they they shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Things that I hope Skip isn't just going to gloss over. I mean, he's a professional coach. One would think he won't. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that is going to hurt us uh, as we get into the heart of conference play but even things like what we talked about all year and kickoff return coverage getting the ball into the end zone for touchbacks that happened a couple times early on but then umass started being able to return them and their returns got better and better as they went along this has been a trope under skip for the longest it feels like special teams have always been a sore spot bailey helk to be kind of a bright spot there i see where he was two for two nine for nine on extra points so again he had a rock solid uh night and i do believe doesn't that bring him up to no misses ever since Texas? Yep. Uh, and really, it should be three for three because UMass called a timeout as he was kicking or right before the snap and he, he made a 42-yard field goal. Exact same kick, exact same placement straight through the uprights. Well, that's awesome. It's good to see that he had another great game. I mean, I hate bringing it up so much because I feel like inevitably we will jinx him in a very important game, but right now he's on fire. Yeah. So, using Bailey Hale as an example, let's go ahead. Do you have a player of the game you like to recognize? This is actually really hard <laughs> because there are several <laughs> people you give it to including trey baldwin inexplicably through two uh two passes i don't know i mean jamar went out there had himself a game uh he had a couple of real big rushes uh i mean he threw the ball beautifully at certain points during the game he had three touchdowns again jamar is doing the classic game manager role perfectly because he's not turning the ball over he threw three touchdown passes for goodness sake he had a great game but in spite of all of that we love you jamar keep doing what you're doing we're winning games and that's all that matters i have to give you know game ball and player of the game to Henderson. I mean, he literally carried the team on the ground and uh, had 137 rushing yards, 12 and a half yard average. Again, kind of skewed by the big run, but three touchdowns. And then if you look at receiving, he had another touchdown out of the big bone, which was one of my favorite plays of the game. And uh, he had a 30 yard reception at 1.2. So 
I'm giving my uh, player of the game to Henderson. Yeah, I personally, I can't imagine giving it to anyone but Henderson. Lots of players had good nights, but Henderson, in shades of Carlos Henderson, the last time we played UMass, just completely <laughs> dominated the Minutemen. But yeah. since Evan isn't here, I'll go ahead and pick what Evan would probably pick. And because Evan doesn't like picking players for player of the game, as Evan, I'll give it to the weather after after that okay. Grambling game. Having a game, where was it? 50, 60 degrees, something like that? Having a nice, cool October night? And I say that that's some of the best conditions to play football then. So interesting. I'm sure Evan's going to love that. Yes. Well, that about wraps it up, unless you have anything else, Matt. I don't have on here how many penalties LaTeX had. I know that I saw a couple when I was out there. There's one part game where UMass punted off uh, horrendously, I might add, as they had done most of the game. And Smoke was telling the players to back up, back up. And there was a moment where a UMass player just kind of pushed one of our guys down. Like he was just a rag doll. He just threw him. And uh, Smoke intervened and stopped what would have been a really boneheaded penalty during a part of the game in which Tech was dominating so it's little stuff like that that i really like seeing keep your composure because well-disciplined football teams that's something that a lot of people don't realize is an important part of winning setting the tone in games is important too something i really liked early on that set the tone uh was tech going for it on fourth and three in the red zone even though they were up at that point i think 21 to zero uh, or 14 to zero there it was fourth and three and i always see jmar get really excited for going for it if it's like fourth and five and below so it was right then and there i was like if we kick a field goal right here i'm not going to be that upset because it's it's umass we still have this game well in hand but when he when we went for it on fourth down there i was like you know what that's the kind of tone i like to see set because that shows we're not just going to take it easy we're going to treat you like we would any other opponent we have on our schedule and we punched it in not long after that i think on another henderson touchdown run so i loved that that was one of my favorite parts of it. Yeah. between that and the timeout before the half to set up the drive to kick the field goal i was starting to wonder who walt bell umass's head coach had hurt <laughs> that skip holds new it seemed i haven't seen this version of skip where he's trying to get the possession trying to get the points on the board usually a very conservative coach and that works out a lot of times but it doesn't always yeah. but there are times where we're going for the field goal there instead of on fourth down works and maybe he was super confident in that maybe he was very confident in the defense getting the stop there to get more points but it just seemed like a very unskip like move but definitely in a good way and that's something that i think we should include on this is that it's nice to see skip be more aggressive i don't know if this is going to carry into conference play or against any other team that will ever play for the rest of the season uh but it isn't something that we're used to seeing from him even though this game wasn't that competitive it was just nice to see you know what we're going for it we're not gonna take any prisoners and it would be great to see that in the right context down the road especially against uab and especially if we're going to go for the conference championship yeah and let's hope we do yes so on that note uh we'll be right back after the short break Hi, and welcome back to the GoTech Please and Die podcast. For the second half, I'm joined by Matt. Yes. And Daniel. Hey. And right now, we're going to be previewing the Southern Miss game this upcoming Saturday. Opened up in Vegas this weekend as a pick so Vegas really has no idea who's going to win. And the computer polls aren't too sure either. FPI gives Tech a 52% chance, and Massey gives Tech a 54% chance. Daniel, how do you see this game going? 
You know, I'm not confident and I'm not writing it down as a loss. I'm kind of staying at the same place that the odds are, are placing us at it around 50%. That's really all I have. Yeah, Matt, do you also think this is a coin flip of a game? Uh, Yeah, uh, I think it'll be really, really competitive. Uh, it might come down to the wire. Uh, in fact, I will say it will come down to the wire. Probably one of those, whoever has the ball last types of the, uh, games. I tip the scale in text favor simply because, well, some points I'm going to make a little bit later on, but I tip the scale in text favor simply because I think that they're going to have a little bit more of a potent ground game and uh that's going to control time of possession which is going to control the game so i tip the scale in text favor but i do think it'll be a close game yeah and southern miss comes into the game with a record of four and two compared to text five and one except usm played two sec schools while tech played the one texas usm lost to mississippi state and alabama they did barely squeak by a troy squad but were able to handily beat alcorn state utep and once mason fine went down this past weekend they were able to beat north texas pretty well yeah i mean they're not a bad team uh, they're one of the leaders in cusa right now losses just to sec schools i don't know how well mississippi state's doing this year but i think we all know how great alabama <laughs> has been for the past 10 years i try not to think uh, about mississippi state after a couple of years ago yeah well that one that was ugly uh, but, uh, so USM's not a bad team. Um, I think that we'll go ahead and just uh, knock out what I think is the elephant in the room, and that is a former uh, La Tech Bulldog hopeful is now their quarterback, a Mississippi native, Jack Abraham, anchoring that offense. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to be one of those games where he's out to prove something, and whenever you already have a talented team like USM with a quarterback that's got something to prove and a quarterback that's really not all that bad out to prove something, uh, I don't know, guys. That could get ugly, but I I still think that this is a good, going to be a close one. I definitely see Southern Miss as one of the tougher opponents that's left on the rest of our schedule. Yes. Especially when you consider the way that notorious trader Jack Abraham and company <laughs> yes. run this offense. Jack Abraham averages 331 yards per game through the air. Tech has faced a lot of running teams this year, a lot of run first kind of offenses. And Southern Miss runs the ball. They don't just ignore it entirely. They get 113 yards per game on the ground, but that's nothing compared to the 300 over the air. So this may be the first time outside of Texas that Amik and Co. really face a real challenge in the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Well, it could be a good time for Amik to shine. I mean, the secondary to shine. But it's strange you say that, though, Nathan. They do pass the ball quite a bit, but Tech's actually uh, thrown the ball about 30 or 40 attempts more than um, Southern Miss has and have also run the ball significantly more than Southern Miss has. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. So outside of just running more offensive plays than the other team, Matt, how can you see that Tech pulls out the victory this Saturday in Ruston. La Tech has a more balanced offense, in my opinion. That's not to say that Southern Miss isn't talented, but La Tech has a much more balanced offense. And big believer over here in having a run-first type team, and La Tech's rushing offense is a lot better than Southern Miss's. Southern Miss's uh, leading rusher right now is uh, Harris on their end, 279 yards total. Uh, we're getting that whack ESPN thing again where it says that a wide receiver has more rushing yards unless they're doing a lot of smoke harassing. But it looks like their leading rusher is Harris. He's got 279 yards. Forgive me if that's wrong. Thank you, ESPN. And then uh, another running back, Perkins, who has 208. Whereas on our end, we're looking at Henderson, who's got 478. And Dancy with 207. So with a more balanced offense, I'd say that that's how Tech wins this game. Controlling time of possession and a better rushing. Yeah. What do you think, Daniel? Really, the way I think we can win this game is we need to have solid play from both our offensive and defensive line. 
if the guys can give Jamar some time and create holes like they were doing last night, then our offense will be fine. We'll be able to make big plays, you know, take some time off the clock. And as far as our defensive line goes, you know, we just got to put pressure on them. If we can get Benedict Abraham in his head, I think we can easily win this game, but it's going to come from the lines first. To me, it really comes down to stopping the Southern Miss offense. Again, I feel like, I guess I say this every podcast now, but the bend don't break defense. And what if they bend, they can't break. Southern Miss is averaging 6.9 nice uh, yards per play. I think that's not including any FCS games they played, but that's number eight in the country. That's crazy. And then they convert a lot of third downs, 47%. That's 16th best in the country. And then even if we force them to fourth downs, they have yet to fail a fourth down conversion at 100%. And then 93% in the red zone, number 23 in the country. These are things that jump off to you off the stat page there that says, okay, will Diaco's defense be ready for a passing attack like they haven't seen this year outside of maybe Texas? Yeah. But yeah, if they're able to stop that, if the defense is able to come through, if Amik can get another one of those pick sixes that it's always so fun to see, then yeah, Tech can win this game. But it comes down to being able to stop the Southern Miss offense. Agreed. Yeah. So we'll go ahead back around the room. This time, how can Tech lose? What do you think, Matt? Oh, good Lord. They always find such creative ways to lose uh, that far surpass any my imagination come up with. But with what you just uh, rattled off to us about how great uh, Southern Miss's offense is, and particularly third down conversions, Tech's going to lose this game if they can't get their defense off the field. If they just keep giving up third down conversions or if they just give up any sort of big time plays or if they just can't stop that offense, and this is a pretty black and white answer. If you can't stop an offense, you're going to lose the game. Big spoiler alert there. But if you can keep them off and you control the trenches, like Daniel had said, and keep your run game up, like I think that they will, uh, they will win. But obviously the antithesis of that is you don't establish a run game. You're going to have a bad time. And if you can't get off a highly potent offense, uh, you're also going to have a bad time. Yeah. All right. Next up. Well, after the great collapse of 2017, I've come to realize there are, like Matt said, there are many ways Tech can lose a game. And so really the way that I see us losing this is if we don't start fast and let them get out to an early lead, we're not going to be able to catch up because if we let their offense get hot, there's really not much to do. As well as if we do start fast and we're able to come out with a good lead, we can't take our foot off the gas at all. That's kind of what happened back in 2017. So it, it really just comes down to keeping the foot on the gas at all times no matter what the scoreboard is at. Yeah, and for my answer, Tech needs to be able to run the ball. And not because JMR isn't able to provide the passing ability to lead us down the field. And if Skip really wants to stay true to his... 50-50 vision of passing and rushing, then he's going to want to rush the ball a lot. If they're able to stop it, then Skip is going to be Skip and will continue to try to run the ball even if it's not working. So hopefully it works because... Well, it, the, I mean, we all here hope it does work, but yeah. uh, if it starts off successfully and Tech's able to march down the field and score in their first possession and make it look easy, then I hope that Skip goes overboard and makes the offense 70-30 in favor of rushing because it's, it's such a joy when you can see your team go out there and dominate like that on offense just running the ball because teams that run the ball i've said I've, I've harped on this all season teams that run the ball win yeah and before this year i would probably disagree with you at least to the extent of how important it is because the tech teams that we saw that were the most successful were very pass heavy they ran every right. now and then to keep them right. pass first run second but the way this team is set up the way this team can win games is by being run first and having that rush attack be potent agreed and even just the the short yardage but you're keeping long drives long it's great for trolling time of 
possession as well. So Southern Miss doesn't have the opportunity to come out and score as much as they could if we were passing all the time. That's what it's all about. And speaking of passing, for the players to watch the first one, I'll go ahead with DeMichael Harris, who Matt talked about a second ago. He has lined up a lot as both a wide receiver and a running back. That's not just an ESPNism. That's actually how they play him. Interesting. Last year, he had 27 receptions for 241 yards. This year, he has about half that already with 14 receptions for 227 yards. Uh, Rushing the ball, last year, he ran it nine times for 80 yards. This year, he's up to 53 carries for 279 yards at a 5.3 yard average and three touchdowns. He can catch, he can run. So they put him in the best position to be able to help them move the ball down the field in a way that a lot of teams would be jealous of. For sure. And the other player to watch, uh, Quiez Watkins, who I'm probably butchering his first name. Southern Miss's leading receiver last week against North Texas, 198 yards receiving and a touchdown. Just went off against a mean green defense that was hoping to be better than that. Well, I think that that'll be a fun matchup to watch all game long. Watkins against Amik, that'll probably be the matchup of the game outside of our running backs versus their defensive line. Yeah. And nothing against Aaron Roberson, but we can't have a meek on both of their receivers we can't at the same it. time. So this will be a big test for Roberson, whichever man he's playing at any given moment. Will he be able to stay in coverage with Watkins and with DeMichael Harris? We'll see. Yeah. So go on to our final predictions. We'll start with Daniel this time. Daniel, do you have a final prediction for this game? Uh, I will not say whether we win or lose this game, Boo. but I honestly think <laughs> it's going to overtime. It could be, no. it'll be a very close one and come right down to the wire. In the predictions that we made at the beginning of the season, I'm fairly confident I picked Tech to lose this game. I'm not going to stray away from that. And I don't mean to be Skip Bayless over here saying, uh, speaking in generalities about how, oh, Abraham's going to come in with fire in his belly and he's going to have something to prove. But I mean, the guy does have something to prove. I mean, he kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to be the chosen one, rushed in, and he went back home to uh, Southern Miss. And now he's doing terrifically. He's got 12 touchdown passes to four picks. He's not he's not having a bad season. So he's going to come in. I think he's going to be really motivated to go out there and make a statement i still think it's going to be very very close i don't think it'll go to overtime i think that we're going to have our hearts broken uh, like we're becoming very accustomed to (laughs) and i think that we'll probably end up going down 30 to 28 will be the final and i think that they're going to pull ahead on a last second field goal all right well for my prediction i pull up massey ratings like i usually do every time and they're predicting tech to win 28 26 which isn't bad i mean it's a close game they're saying kind of the same things that we are that it's going to come down to the wire but those point totals seem low to me tech granted it was massachusetts but tech put up 69 last week southern miss nice. loves to pass the ball yes thank you i was waiting for it <laughs> Southern Miss loves to pass the ball, and this defense loves to give up a bunch of receiving yards, even if they don't give up the scores when they get down to the red zone. And we'll see if that stays true this week. I just I don't see the winning team only having 28 points this week. Uh, I was waiting for Matt to go first because I'm flip flopping back between I think Tuck will win and I think Southern Miss will win, and so I was letting Matt go first, so I'll pick the other one. I'll pick Tech to win. I'll pick Tech to win 35-28. Uh, okay. Uh, coming down to near the end, probably closer than even that seven point difference feels down at the end. All right. And so now we'll move forward to the tweet of the week. Daniel, I know you had something for us this week. So this one is from Ryan Worsham, I think maybe. And he said, it has been 1,814 days since LA Tech has beaten Southern Miss in football. Just leaving that there. So that is a very depressing tweet, but a very true (laughs) one at the same time. So that one wins it for this week. Well, streak's got to come to an end. Let's hope it's this one. Yeah, no time like the present for sure. For tweet of the week, we couldn't decide between all the different 69 tweets 
tweets, so we just went with one that was a lot more depressing. <laughs> well, uh, the CUSA is in such a state of chaos. Those who we thought were going to be excellent haven't necessarily been shining as brightly as we thought they would. Uh, Tech is, I mean, they're 5-1. and one. I feel like we're like the most apprehensive fans of this football team because they're 5-1. and one. That's a spectacular record, considering that the one loss is to a top 25 school, or at least they were. Of note, I want to bring this up real fast. Grambling is not having as good a season as I predicted they would. They are not having a very good season. They are 1-0 at home, 1-3 on the road. They've had a lot of away games, and they're 1-2 in their conference. Uh, and interestingly enough, though, Alcorn State is leading the SWAC. They are 5-2, and two, and I think you said that that was one team that uh, Southern Miss, I think you said, beat by 28 points. Yeah, so that's 38-10. Yeah, so they had a little bit more success against their SWAC opponent, and it was a, after looking at these results, a markedly better SWAC opponent. But that's neither here nor there. That about wraps it up for the Go Tech Police and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or go to our blog for more content and to do this week's Go Tech Please Don't Die contest, which Evan would talk about if we didn't kill him off like we did me a few weeks ago. He's dead. Dead and buried. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Daniel. And I'm Matt. And Go Tech, please, please don't die. <laughs> please. Especially not this week. <laughs> please don't. click on your link here just so i can pull it up man he's just like his brother evan his professional yeah. is destroying us <laughs> you have a player of a game that's more of a concept than a player don't don't do it don't do it <laughs> oh wait okay here it is